recording now, Dave. All right. I am recording also. Let's go. I do not have any tabs open for Dream Horse. Yet another uh, <laughs> right on the money opening weekend. <laughs> waste I bet, well, that if one, we, we would have had to come out that day for it to be <laughs> people able yeah. to see it. So, Well, you know, you're in Kentucky now. It's, it's stuck around longer than it probably did in other parts of the country. You know, the, our love of, of horses, yep. apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we missed the VOD date, which was sometime in June. Maybe we're off by a week now. I don't know. But if you... I don't know what the numbers will be for Tony Collette, uh pulls her money together with a bunch of other um, drunks and uh, malcontents in this <laughs> small town to buy a horse. Um, but this is one long, this is going to be a theme of the summer. I think for a long stretch, maybe, maybe when we get into fall, hopefully everyone's vaccinated. Hopefully, uh, you know, people who have to be, Paid by state governments to get vaccinated. All those fools uh, are tricked into it in some sort of lottery scheme. Hopefully we have uh, more than, man, I don't know, Dave, what's out? Uh, man, this Dream Horse thing has got 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> and both of us are like, well, we're Regal and Limited subscribers. Go ahead and charge the card. You know, <laughs> we've right. already paid for it. Sixteen eighty-three, please. £32.28, please. I'm telling you, boys, she was my horse, and she won. I've seen him in here before. Was a racehorse, does he? Owned. Really, he almost lost everything. Things are a little tight cash-wise these days, so... Nice sirloin. Cheers, Nellis. I need something to look forward to when I get up in the morning. I'm going to breed a racehorse. Absolute madness. It's normally wealthy professionals who are going for this kind of thing. There's ways of doing these things, isn't there? 20 people in the village put in a tenner a week for two years. When the horse is born, everyone will be owners. We'll all have an equal share. (laughs) If you lot are good enough to own a bloody racehorse, so am I. It's a tenner every week, Kirby, you pillock. Oh, God, he's gorgeous, isn't he? We need a name. What about Dream Alliance? Is our dream, and we're all in it together, so Dream Alliance. Dream Alliance! Dream Alliance! When you were little... Remember, there's a less than 1% chance this horse will ever win a race. He's facing the wrong way. If he keeps going in that direction, he'll end up back in the village. <laughs> He's pretty rough around the edges. Come on, lad. Governor? Definitely got something about him. Spirit. Character. Like his own. Be brave. This is what you want to do. We're going to the races. The horse is gonna race! So proud of you. Seems like anything was possible. The horse from nowhere has captured the hearts of the nation. our jobs, our community, even our pride. And then Dream came along and reminded us what life is like when you are cold. So here we are. And that's not a knock against Toni Collette. Uh, I don't think she falls into the camp of one of the actresses that I really like seeing her work who has failed me of late. No. Um, But I would say that at best with Dream Horse, what you're attempting here is a solid double. 
Yeah, at best. I think that's yes. the most mm-hmm. you can hope for with this film. It's one of those like singles in the gap you're trying to stretch into a double. Like it's, yeah, it's never yeah. really. Oh, you're, you're even taking it back a little bit. Like maybe if Colette can leg it out, yeah, exactly. Maybe she can get that double. Yeah, <laughs> she's got that horse race speed. Then maybe she could get it to oh, a double. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, take that back. Uh, I'm not going to edit that out. No, we got to get these out because Dave says we're behind schedule. Just throw it out. Uh, the raw, raw uh, cut here. I, I, I had the sinking feeling as we're watching this where I don't know if this film gives me material to attack. And it's also not exceptional enough to where I can come out swinging and be like, you know what? This is going to shock you off screen death listeners. <laughs> I fucking love Dream Horse. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm sitting right in the middle where I'm like, that is fine. Right. However, and this is not to go against the, the theatrical theatrical business model, I would be hard pressed to say someone would actually need to pay full freight <laughs> to go see Dream Horse in theaters. This feels like a square that if you want a nice Sunday afternoon movie that's on a streaming service like two years down the road, it shouldn't put you in a bad mood. Right, it shouldn't do you right. wrong, but yeah. man, this, this sounds like I'm attacking it though. <laughs> it's not though. Like I, to play I, I had a very similar thought process as I watched this movie, and even as I like went home and you know wrote my little letterbox review, and I think I just wrote like, well, this was nice. Um, and it's like the worst kind of movie to podcast about. Sounds it sounds like an insult. Though. It does. It does. But it is really nice. It's a, it's got a good message. It's got a, a lot about like community and how important it is, how important it is to have hope in, in your life so you can live your life in a really positive way. It's a really sweet, nice movie. And in six months, if someone mentions the name of this movie to me, will I remember anything about it? Uh, maybe, probably not. Like I might remember like Tony Collette was was good as she always is in just about everything like even in movies that we that we don't like what was the um what was the the outer space movie that we watched that she was in oh yeah she was yeah. in stowaway yeah like, that was the, the anna kendrick joint but right yeah she was in there looking very stern yeah and perturbed and she was good and, she's yeah. always good the thing that struck me about this movie is i'm and maybe this is indicative of the movie like just being nice and my mind like wandering a little bit because you kind of know the beats it's gonna hit there's not a lot of surprises here doesn't mean it's bad it just means it like fits very nicely into that genre and you're like okay this is what i can expect um kind of like we've we've talked previously um either off mic or on mic about sports movies or about romantic comedies where it's like yeah I know what's going to happen, but that's the joy of it, right? That this is like this is comfortable. Um, there's I've a got lo- a splat for you though. Okay, go ahead on that on that exact thought. Uh, this is uh, Peter Rayner from Film Week. Uh, also, let's see, NPR, Los Angeles. Uh, his splat. I didn't find any great pleasure in seeing a story play out the way I knew exactly how it was going to play out. I mean, maybe this isn't for you, Peter. I mean, that's maybe you just Peter. Do. Film week likes surprises. He yeah. likes, you know, <laughs> he wants, a little kink he wants, thrown in he or wants something. Horses murdered or something, just to really like, <laughs> really. Oh, I didn't see it coming. Yeah, but I don't want that. I don't like that. I wonder what he thought of uh, Cruella in that way. Did, yeah. he, did he like the, the mom mm. going over the cliff? Yeah, or maybe. Maybe. maybe he wanted a horse to, to go over, but yes. they do kill a horse in this one. Yeah, I mean, they. I think it's. Uh, off it's screen. an off-screen death yes mike it is oh, oh <laughs> terrible uh so maybe not enough blood and guts there but yes it's it's handled it i guess in a humane fashion uh How and dare also they? through 
through a, was it, I guess, a childbirth through the, the little mm-hmm. horse. Like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, this one died, but now you have a new one. Yeah. Which is like. You got a cute baby like one. A, Here you go. It's okay. Almost treating Tony Collette like a child. Like, we got you a new one. Yes. It's younger and fancier. <laughs> yes. It's better. So there's there's a bunch of sequences in this movie with, and you kind of have to do this, right? You have the horse racing, and then you have, you know, this group of people rooting for this horse. But what, what the director chooses to do. Um, is focus in on Tony Collette's face and her kind of like chanting for this horse to win, to run faster, whatever it may be, to jump. And all I kept thinking is like, this could almost be like a very different movie where Tony Collette is controlling this horse through the power of her mind. Because just the way they were focusing <laughs> in on her eyes, and, her, and it was just like, yeah. what are we doing here? It was an Tony odd choice. Really insulting. Where Dave's going into like, what if this is actually happening? This is a. Uh, fan fiction this is like a, a fan theory in the middle of watching yes! this very nice movie you're taking it a different direction just to kind of keep yourself engaged yeah. with it uh i will say in fairness to the movie uh, as someone that's not a fan of uh horses uh certainly not horse racing in particular it's hard to not uh make that seem somewhat barbaric so you, me, are you uh, saying especially... are you saying you're not going to the derby with me next year when everything no. is no oh, no, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i will look at your social media presence to see what sort of top hat you're wearing and all that nonsense uh you're, you're sort of dumb and dumber going to prom attire that's fine you can do that okay. that's that's, that's right. cool with me but no, the I mean, and that that comes up in this movie. You know, there's uh, you're talking about Tony Collette doing her sort of uh, hereditary thing, where there's some sort of like supernatural. <laughs> there's presence. the crossover um, we need, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> where you know it's it's a legitimate threat. Where it's like, oh, the horse injured itself. Uh, as soon as it uh, sustains an injury, you got to shoot it. Um, and I mean, they're not they're not putting that that front on it. That's like, well, now it's not financially viable to have this. It's you know, they're for as strong as they are, they're also extremely delicate uh, creatures that we decide to make uh, jump over things with one of us on top of them. And then if they take an awkward fall, uh, it, <laughs> this this uh, beautiful creature can never walk again. So shoot it in front of the crowd. Or uh, I, I guess the most humane thing here is they put up a curtain so you can just <laughs> hear the shot of this Oof. this person. I'm also not a fan of like you know. Uh, NASCAR or car racing, yep. but at Bunch the very of left least, turns, man. That's... Uh, those people in those those vehicles going at dangerous speeds have made a conscious choice to do so for money, whereas these horses uh, just been trained know. to do so and no other option. Yeah, yeah. This this mm-hmm. uh, this particular dream horse didn't get to pick Tony Collette as a, as a parent uh, or the rest of these ruffians, these scallywags. But uh, I wondered what you thought of they attempt some amount of tension between the fact that this is uh, a bunch of, you know, middle or lower middle class to poor people uh, operating and functioning in a world for the elite. Um, but there's, because of that, there's going to be a, a strangely democratic situation on how do we deal with problems with said horse because we all own a piece of it in a way mm. and they do steer the tony Clay character in more of a um like somehow she's more connected to it or at least she likes to believe she's more connected to it because it was her concept it's her idea the horse stays on their property but there are a couple scenes where she's arguing like no like i said this is what we're gonna do with the horse that's what we're gonna do and other people have to say hey uh you took my money for this <laughs> Uh, and then another character will swoop in and say, "Well, she knows. She right. knows Dream better than anybody." And I'm like, "Eh, I don't. I don't know. Like that's 
And the film doesn't really have too much interest in, as you're saying, not being nice. So they just kind of right. throw that out there because there's probably an obvious question from the audience as far as like, well, in case A, B, or C, what would they do with this shared property of a living creature? And uh, I guess it's just what Tony says go. That's it. Yeah, I was not a big <laughs> fan of the way that they handled that. Like, I almost wish, like, they didn't have that argument at all because, like, clearly they had no – they had – no desire to actually explore that it was just like but she's so nice and remember when she took care of the baby horse she's nice we should listen to her the only reason i was glad that was there is it gives at least one other character a an emotional impactful moment like her her husband brian like standing up for her i thought that scene really worked and i actually really liked his performance a lot um, and there's a lot of these characters, these character actors that you're like, oh yeah, you're definitely from Wales. Like you, there, there are some people who can do that accent well, who are outside of Wales, but it's a very specific one. So I thought it was very smart. Um, other than maybe Tony Collette is casting a bunch of actors from Wales. Like I think maybe the only one who's not, uh, is Damian Lewis, but again, he's playing someone who was in that kind of upper class world mm-hmm. who is now, I guess, kind of like he went broke. So now he's kind of slumming it in Wales, like just telling war stories about how was it when I was really rich and it was really great. Um, so I like that you get that sense of realism um, from these characters, but it does more than anything in the movie. That part felt like this contrived bit of uh, conflict between these people, but in a movie that's, as you mentioned, designed to be just nice. So we're going to solve it in about 10 seconds. And it's like, so why do we, why do we bother going down this road when we could just have all these people be concerned about this horse and fight to save its life instead of, you know, having this mock fight for like two minutes of screen time. Like that didn't really work well for me. Here's a non-splat from uh, Leah Greenblatt of Entertainment Weekly. Sit back, let your resting pulse rate slow to an easy <laughs> acorn crawl, and watch Colette and Company's sweetly scrappy dream come true. I mean, uh, B, a B rating. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's just about right. Like, I I would have concerns with any any reviewer who were like, this is an A-plus movie, perfect. No, I was like, really? That's, that's okay? Like, because this goes over well-trodden ground. This is not... It's not something that's really trying to do anything new, but it does what it wants to do, and it does it really well. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like, you know, like, I feel like sometimes when you watch a comedy and they're like, oh, we've heard these jokes before, but it's still pretty funny. I'm like, well, mission accomplished. Like, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> like, And this is uplifting and nice. And by the time you leave the theater, you feel a little bit lighter and a little bit better. And, you know, I think there's, there's value in that. And I think, you know... I also think, thank goodness, Tony Collette is in this because you do need someone really good at the at the forefront of this movie. Because otherwise, I think it devolves just into tropes and it becomes something you don't believe. But she's so she's so real in this and she's so focused that you just feel like kind of pulled along with it. Um, even if you're one of those viewers who's like, well, we know where this is headed. But you like you know you watch Tony Collette act in this movie and you're like, yeah, but I don't care if I know where it's headed. I'm still. I'm still connected with her and that's enough to kind of pull me through. Is this a post, uh, I mean, I don't want to be offensive and say post pandemic because a lot of places in the world are still struggling with it and all that. And we have fucking morons in this country who mm. like, for some reason, haven't had enough of it. <laughs> they want to still yeah, we want possibly more death, be touched please. by COVID. <laughs> Jesus. Um, 
But I've I've said on another one of my podcasts, maybe even on this one, because uh, I, I don't think it surprised anyone that Dave and myself would do far too many uh, talking about you know wasting our, our years, <laughs> uh, not only watching movies but then talking about them every hour of the day uh, on one platform or another. Is there a certain bloom you think in your estimation on anything going to theatrical mm. right now? Because this has, as I said, eighty nine percent from the critics, which uh, is. A little surprising. I could see someone not feeling too good about insulting this right, uh, right to its its horse face, but ninety seven percent from audiences. It I've seen a few of these where just like I think four good days was one right. where the, the audience scores away, and it just feels like just give us some fresh content, just give us a mm. reason to go back to the movies, give us a reason to go outside the house. This one maybe more cynical times would have been totally forgotten right but now it's like i feel like the uh it's like the ted lasso effect last year yes there's a craving for like can we see like people attempting to be good yeah solid no, citizens no i think and do nice things i think you're actually right i th- i think if this um this movie comes out in like 2017 like i think it's got like a you know like a 60 percent from critics and you get the usual the usual nonsense of like oh we've seen it all before we knew where this was headed and i think so there's two things that you brought up and they're both equally true there is a desire to get out and do things anything any movie in the theater please let me go see it because i've been able to leave my house in a year and a half and also given what's happened in the world it's it's a really nice thing to see a movie about a community coming together and working together for a common cause and doing the right thing, whether it makes them money or not, just to be together. And, like, I think we as a culture kind of, like, are really drawn to that right now. Like, that Ted Lasso effect, as you mentioned. It's so rare to see, whether it's a TV show or a movie, of just, like, really genuinely kind people doing good things for one another. But I think if if this was pre-pandemic, maybe we watch this and we're like, that's ah, that's not believable. Who cares about these people? And now we're like, oh, that's kind of nice. <laughs> like, and that's that's definitely how I feel about this. Like, I wouldn't put Ted Lasso in that camp because I think Ted Lasso is genuinely great. Um, but it does have that same mindset of like, wouldn't it be nice to be nice? And it's like, yeah, actually, especially right now, it would be really nice. And so, yeah, I think it definitely travels in those same circles. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is my favorite thing that I watched last year. So, I mean, I, I don't like the uh, the people that put a, uh, you know, Twin Peaks or whatever, like a TV series is like their favorite film of, of the year. The, uh, the OJ documentary, yeah. which I, I'd never watched um <laughs> Which was wasn't it like a fucking thirty hour series, yeah. like on ESPN? I, yeah. I, I don't understand these. Now things. we have the, the Ted Lasso twelve hour movie. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's almost like it's still strangely insulting, even though uh, people have said we're living in the golden age of television for decades that now. Just, if, uh, if we are, then say that that's the best TV series you've ever seen, and that should be a compliment. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like, no, no, it's better than TV. So we have to call it a movie like, it's, wow, you you hate TV. Just say it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't wait for... Uh... You know the inevitable like YouTube channel to win an Oscar or something because it's this is actually so good it's no longer a YouTube channel. That's right. This is now a feature film that was delivered ten minutes with ad breaks like right. television. Um, but I, the thought of Ted Lasso, it does. I guess it still subverts some of your expectations when it comes to uh, sports tropes. I don't think this one does at all. But I, I'm hard pressed to think of a more specific genre that 
really struggles with that subversion other than a sports film. One where you're going to watch, are they going to win or lose? I mean, we've seen both endings. We've seen the accomplishment. We've seen the heartbreak. But I don't think there's too much wiggle room within this particular genre to get that far off the beaten path and be something really strange. I would argue that with sports movies, there's no winning. Um, there's no winning that little fight. Um, so there's, there's a good one. So, a nice uplifting sports <laughs> movie so, commentary. So either you have a movie like this and people go, well, I knew that was going to happen. Or you have, you make a movie and you could do it once, right? With the original Rocky. But now you do that ending where your, your lead character doesn't win or there's a draw or they actually lose. And it's like, oh, well, you're just trying to be Rocky. So there's no, <laughs> there's no way way to like unless you are a person who likes sports movies or is a sports fan i really don't think there's any way to please uh especially like the critics populace with this stuff because either you're robbing from one of the greatest movies of all time maybe the greatest sports movie ever made or you're just like oh yeah we saw that coming so really it's like you know so just make your movie however you want and the people who are going to be into it are going to love it and then critics are probably never going to really like it because uh, they, you know, they want to they want to say it's stealing from something. And it's like, well, we only have, especially when it comes to sports, there's only so many ways you can end this, guys. Like, you know, there's not going to be a, you know, a, a bomb threat at the Derby. Like, we got to, <laughs> you got to win or you got to lose. So let's just go with it. I remember William Goldman in one of his, his books, uh, uh, Adventures in the Screen Trade or uh, Which Lie Did I Tell? Um saying something he used an example and i can't remember the specific example of uh, a true story and if it happened to you or someone you knew it would be like the most amazing thing that you know happened in your life uh like you could just couldn't believe it but you would come away saying this should be a movie and he was sort of blaming the you know the fact that uh you can go back to the sort of creation of the the medium not tv yeah because that's obviously lesser if it's yes. if it is good it will then become it will elevate to feature film <laughs> category um the the theatrics of whatever the the hero you're watching uh the, you know the, the greatest romance of all time whatever it is whatever film you're watching they have to amp it up past reality so whatever happens in your little pea brain life Your i guess silly little lives <laughs> like he says yeah that that's is like the greatest thing that'll happen to these people that's what the hero does like in the first act and then we have to top it yep and so dream horse i think does go against that grand because we spoiler alert somewhat i mean not for the actual like plot of the film but the little like sort of post like you know the credits thing as far as <laughs> here's what happened to these people you made the comment you're like oh well, that's not really that impressive. I mean, <laughs> so that you know, much it's, money. it's nice. Yeah. It's like these people didn't then elevate to a different lifestyle entirely. This is going to be a nice thing that hangs in that bar a nice thing that town is known for, but it wasn't entirely life altering. Right. And I kind of wish the film had leaned into that more because if you, if you don't read that, like say the, the screen goes black, says directed by whatever, and you just get up and walk off. Um, you would be sort of led to believe that it's like, and they built the greatest horse that was ever seen, you know, that, and from their point of view, that's fine. But I can see like grounding it more that if they tried to downplay it, people might be like, Oh, I thought this was supposed to be inspirational. And it's like, this is just like a cool thing that happened to them. Mm -hmm. And then they went back to their 
wives that had, you know, a, some degree of normalcy and sadness and just the right. bills to pay and all that. And I, I think that might've been a curve. I wouldn't, I would not have minded as much if this was just portrayed as an event in their life, a really great right. event, but then life resumes. And that that's obviously like targeting a different feel, a different vibe. If they kind of go on a more of a downbeat ending, not a bad yeah. ending, but just sort yeah, of like yeah. downbeat. No, I, I agree. And I think also you don't even have to have scenes after where the movie ended to like, oh, like well, let's really hammer home the fact that like I'm actually your life still we sucks. We showed Tony Collette with a gun in her mouth <laughs> right, or anything. Right. I'm just saying, but even if you, you know, she goes back to her life, even if you don't don't have that postscript, like you can kind of fill in the blanks for yourself. Like I don't know, maybe their lives did change, or maybe they go back to who they were before then, and this was a really great event in their life. But it's just to like put that up there, and it's like they they have all these sequences where they show all these you know happy people and everything is great and yet the postscript if you do some quick math in your head and how many people were involved in this you're like oh you had as a, you did yeah i did immediately as the jerk that you are immediately i was like oh so you guys had like a pretty good year like you made like 125 percent of what you would have made instead of the 100 percent. like you had a pretty good year and you spent all this time and it just like it kind of denigrates it like putting the dollar mm. amount there anyway, because the whole thing is about, no, no, we really care about this horse. It's not about the money it makes. But then it's like the postscript is all about like, and these are the races he won. And here's what it, you know, <laughs> they was everything short of it. This was the stud fee they got. Like, it was just like, we don't really and need And Dave that. stood up in the theater and he said, this is bullshit. <laughs> you this got is no robbed. Dream. <laughs> you got robbed. You should have made more money on this. The ultimate American Dang. reaction. <laughs> yeah, the armchair calculations on the, like, the labor hour that they put in. Like, how much were you getting paid? Like, that horse lives with you. That's a 24-7 operation. You're actually losing money yeah. on the stream horse, Miss Collette. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no one wants to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> but it does beg the question of why I even put it up there. Right. Like, there is such a thing as, like... Wikipedia or Google, right. if you're if you're so inclined right. to, I, I got into a um, uh, this sort of debate on trilogy theory that I, I co-host with uh, with Webb, who will be on, I believe, the very next episode mm -hmm. if these line up. I think we're going back to the sports well with million dollar million, million dollar arm, which we've threatened. Uh, I guess I've threatened uh, you and our, our listeners. <laughs> we were doing an episode on Ford uh, versus Ferrari, mm -hmm. and um, he really hated. That it doesn't end, spoiler alert, uh, for that film. It doesn't end with the results of that race. They go further to take you to the end of one of the characters. Like, And this is not just a postscript thing. They actually have further scenes. And he hated that. Hmm. And so then it turned into this debate where I'm like, well, wait a minute. So I, I understand somewhat where you're coming from. But how would you feel if... You then read later, and you would you feel lied to that one of the heroes in the film, uh, it's not that he just had a heart attack decades later. He actually died right. in the service of his profession. Would you feel like the film was trying to sweep that under the, the carpet to make it more of a, a more of a pure sports movie as opposed to about that man's life? Because that was my argument. My argument was right. if he just died in some other way, you don't have to show us him in his you know, Barca lounger and he has a heart attack. Right. But if he dies doing something racing related you probably should show it to me it would feel a little bit scummy if they just avoided that entirely but webb did not want it at all yeah, he I did mean, not want to leave the theater think of a man's death i mean that would be like if you made like a biopic of dale earnhardt and then just closed with him winning a race and be like wait but we all know what happened there right like mm -hmm. maybe we should talk about the the dangers of the sport and how mm -hmm. it changed after his death and blah 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 like no let's just end on a on a high note and Ford versus ferrari is, is interesting because it's a 
it's a sports movie, but I don't think it's like it is uplifting, but it's not like a pure uplifting film. Like these are these are damaged men um, who are doing this. So it makes sense to kind of follow that all the way through to how it actually ends. But like, I guess if you just want to go for a nice uplifting movie, you know, the little guy takes on takes on Goliath and wins, then, yeah, I guess I could see like walking away from there going, oh, well, I didn't. I don't want to sign up to be sad. Like that's not that's not why I was watching. I actually, this. find I find the Dream Horse postscript stranger because it's yeah. not particularly illuminating, and instead you're just getting into the weeds and the crunching the numbers like the, the fucking Dream Horse accountant. And <laughs> yes, it's like if you think about it for two seconds, uh, it it adds a, a strange postscript of like oh. So the horse wasn't that fucking great, I guess, but they seemed happy when the actors were on the screen. But I guess, how should I feel now? Yeah. Like, what are you telling me, filmmakers? How should I feel as I leave the theater? I, I don't know. Exactly. Uh, happy that there's content, I guess. Yes, I yes. <laughs> yes, and we'll find out soon. But an auteur like Craig Gillespie, director of Million Dollar Arm, would never do something like this. Mm. So we're, uh, we're, we've got course. nowhere to go but yes. us. <laughs> Jesus. Let me, uh, let me do quick research on uh, Craig Gillespie to see uh, how many would fit – I imagine only his material would fit on my side of this podcast because I don't know if he's. I don't think he's yet ever been elevated to any sort of major list. Um, yeah, the finest hours, sixty-three percent. Mm. Fright Night strangely doesn't make the cut. The remake, seventy-two percent. Oh, and then there's something called Mr. Woodcock with Billy Bob Thornton that's at a whopping fourteen percent. <laughs> Susan Sarandon, God. Stifler. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what oh, okay. Happened. I mean, Lars and the Real Girl, maybe. Would be probably the most critically highly thought of, yeah. right? I would guess. I, I'm just telling you right now, I'm uh, after Million Dollar Arm. Uh, I got nothing more from this guy as of yet. I'm not, I'm not going to try to uh, make a case for the finest hours. I felt like you and I did. We a did that years that. ago. Yep. And that was before. I don't have much memory that was of it. Before one of the leads was maybe, uh, you know, not the greatest human being on earth. Uh, so. How dare you talk about Chris Pine like that? Casey he's, Affleck he's, is who I'm talking about. <laughs> Dave does not find uh, Chris Pine to be the best Chris. He is a Chris Pratt. Ew, guy, oh, come on sure. now. There's no need for that. You could have picked <laughs> any other Chris. Chris Evans. Come on. No, not Chris Pratt. There will be no Chris Pratt on my side of the street either. I think he's got a movie coming up from uh, Amazon. So He does. Uh, it might, coming soon. He, talk about <laughs> opening weekend wasted. Good God. <laughs> Here we are, just calling our shots on how to make the other one uncomfortable for future episodes. Uh, speaking of which, In the Heights will be coming up as well <laughs> as my penance for Million Dollar Arm. So stay tuned this week or this month, depending Whatever. on how the edits go. <laughs> All of my emotions feel the same, feel the same. You don't like where this is going. Look away, look away. You're not in my way. Last night. Oh, this baby loves the slop. Loves it, eats it up. Eats the slop. Born the slop. His father was a mother. His father was a mother. His mother was a mother. His mother was a mother. What did I just say? Something.